Hey everyone, it's Jory, and welcome back to the Ultra Crew Hub podcast. This episode is the beginning of a new series called The Aftermath, in which I thought it would be fun to drag other crew members into a post-recovery session. During this episode, I sit down with Liz and Kyle from the Cruel Jewel 100. We laugh as we reminisce about all the good memories we experienced along the way. So pour a drink or lace up those shoes for your long run, because for the next hour or so, it's just me, you, and the crew. Um, hello, everybody. We're kind of taking a right-hand turn here than we usually do. Uh, it's me flying solo today with no Mason. Um, and the point of this conversation was just kind of going through um, discussions with crew and no runners. So I think what uh, the point of this will be is just to kind of everybody chime in give their two cents on this layout of this uh, race and we'll just kind of wing it, which is going to be fun. So we're just always just going to chit chat about it. Um, I have here with me, I know you can't see them, but I have Liz from La Crosse, Wisconsin and uh, Kyle. Kyle, where are you from? Tallahassee, Florida. Florida. Yeah, that's right. Because is Ryan who you paste? Yeah. From Tallahassee? Yeah, yeah, we both. How do you know Ryan? From a local trail running race that we met a few years back, we've run together quite a bit. Gotcha. And then Liz, Liz, uh, cruise her husband Brian. Right. Yes. 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 (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is the one that yeah we make sure that they don't die on the course. (laughs) Right. We uh, get them from A to Z, and uh, you know if we have to hold their hand on some of these places. We do it. That's just what we do. Um, so I think we should just jump right in. Yeah? Absolutely. Um, let's do it. Kyle, are you ready? Are you focused? Yeah, let's do it. Good, yeah. good dream game on. I just want everyone to know that it says mm-hmm. cool, cruel crew. I can't even say that. Cool, cruel crew. Kyle, say that. Say that, Kyle. <laughs> you cool, say it. cruel crew. Kyle. That was close. That's his title. Liz, your I'm turn. I'm not cruel, That's though. Oh, Lord. The, the cruel is the designation of the race, not me. So that I'm not describing myself. I'm crew, Kyle. But I'm cool, Kyle. But it's I'm the cruel crew, Kyle. Because I was at the cruel jewel and and I was crewing. So. <laughs> oh, oh I'm freaking love I don't it. know what we're supposed to do. Did you have a special brownie on the side of that yogurt? Because holy moly, we're going to need like an extra podcast just to explain your title of your name you got. Um, okay, let's jump right in. Um, all three of us were just at the Cruel Jewel in uh, Morganton or Blue Ridge, Georgia. Um, just a little bit of background. It's 1039 right? Um, miles through the Chattahoochee National Forest. Um, so from what I've understood, and I, this holds true, is that the East, well, Georgia, maybe in general, is that they don't believe in switchbacks. And maybe Brian felt the same way, Liz, <laughs> running <Yes>. West Coast races, <laughs> is that it is straight up and straight down. And Kyle, does that hold true with kind of other races? Yeah, the there, there, you you won't see many switchbacks. It's not like it is out west for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's something my husband, who has ran the majority of his races out west, is that he he knew that coming into this because we had a buddy down the road, 
um, who also ran this race. And he was like, oh, yeah, man, it's straight up, straight down. There's no switchbacks. There's nothing else. You're just running deep into these the trenches of this all. And it's straight up, straight down. And then you think you're down and then you're right back up. Mm. So um, I think is there anything else you guys want to add to this of uh, the beginning of this race? 30,000 feet of climbing, right? It's yeah, uh, 36, I thought, plus something yeah. like that. All it's the watches crazy. were reading. The watches were all reading short from people I talked to, but from the like official, um, whatever, however they measure it, it's, yeah, it's like 33, I think is what they, oh. they say, so. Okay, cool. Because Regardless, I was just all nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's intense. But um, we'll just jump right into the beginning. Packet pickup, Thursday, Fridays. We uh, drove from Minnesota. So we got yeah. in on Friday. Um, is that right? Thursday? No. Thursday. 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 Wow. All these conversations are blending into each other. Um so we got in on Thursday, did a quick ra- uh, race packet pickup, kind of you get it in Morgantown, um, kind of get a feel from the start line. Um, and it's just in this cute little quaint little Bible um, building with a cute little Bible verse on the front, you know, just letting you know that Jesus is with you as you run this course. <laughs> because even though, even though it's hosted by dumbass events. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They go hand in hand, I guess. Uh, they just kind of need each other. Um, so, um, and yeah, and it's nothing fancy. You just kind of walk in, you kind of grab your number and your shirt. Is that what they got? Shirts, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a, a few hat, things. Yeah, they yeah, got a hat. Yeah, they got a hat, too. Yeah. Shirts. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing, it's nothing fancy, which I love. I love when you walk yeah, into yeah. some places and they're just like, here's your stuff. Take it. We'll see you tomorrow. Um, and that's exactly what it is. So it's nothing fancy. Um, and if I could just add to, I, as a runner, um, I appreciate like going somewhere and it still has like a small ultra feel to it. You know, it's not like there's, there's a lot of like, for, for one, they have a ton of runners there. Um, and it's even competitive and stuff like that as a race, but it feels like very personal. Like you'll talk to the race directors, like you show up there. It seems like the, there's a lot of people there that know each other. And that was really fun mm-hmm. just to like kind of be in that group. Like people were really nice and welcoming and, and whatnot. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Liz, did you guys go Thursday as well? Yeah, we got there like pretty much at the start of it on Thursday. And yeah, for us, it was still the super chill vibe. Like, yeah, they have, I don't know if you stickers. guys picked up any stickers or the, <laughs> which I've never seen this at a race before, but they had like crew shirts that you yeah, could buy, yeah. but you Which, had to be like, Hey, where are the crew shirts? And they're like, yeah. Oh, in the box behind you. And it was like literally the honor system to Venmo the race director, your money yep. for your shirt and your stickers. Like yep. it was amazing. Yes. It was yeah. the little, the little scanner was on the table and you're yes, kind of just looking yes. around. You're like, do, is this just, is uh, this is what we're doing? All right. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're Super literally lucky. like in and out and on your way to kind of explore and, um, get settled in. So we, um, we stayed at the comfort Inn 
or the quality in, which is kind of newer behind. There's a Walmart there. It was lovely. It was perfect because from where we were, it was about a 10 minute drive um, from there to the starting line, which is which is great because in the morning, um, well, it doesn't matter because it's a 12 o'clock start. Which is another thing that throws everybody off. Um, you have all morning to figure out life and mentally mentally prepare for this race. And it could be a great thing or it could be an awful thing for some runners because most of us are ready to, you know, wake up at the crack of dawn at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. for a 4 a.m., 5 a.m. start. Um, so that was that was our kind of stay our hotel plans um liz do you want to you kind of stayed somewhere else far away yeah yeah so we stayed um i believe the town is called hiawassee don't mm-hmm. shoot me if i'm pronouncing it wrong um, but that's yeah, perfect nailed it nailed it <laughs> um we stayed at a holiday and express the drive is about 45 minutes away from the race start um it's not on like the mountain roads that like, if you're coming in from Atlanta, no. you take windy turny roads mm-hmm. every which way and it takes you forever to get there. Um, but it's a straight shot from there to the start line, 45 minutes, easy drive. Um, Cause you guys worked, flew into Atlanta, right? Yeah, we flew into Atlanta and from Atlanta to there, it was roughly two and a half hours. Um, so, and again, it was an easy drive, but it, you take a lot of mountain roads, so windy, turny roads to get there. Um, mm. But the drive from the hotel to the start line, it was easy. Um, actually, I thought it was going to be horrible on the way back, but it wasn't. Yeah. Even <laughs> like, on did you rain? Did it rain on you? Because I, I mean, we, I haven't seen. Let me just but give you some context. We can, on we can Liz. talk about. We can talk about that. <laughs> when Liz and I, yeah, Liz and I met at the starting line, and. It was just coincidental that we kind of floated together the entire time because Mason and uh, Brian were maybe two or three runners apart from each other. And then um, Kyle, I actually met him the day before at the first aid station. Mason and I were just kind of checking it out Um, and we were just kind of like, hey, let's, you know, we got some time to kill. And then Kyle's runner, Ryan, was sitting in the back of the car with, you know, just your typical runner with coolers and shoes and clothes and stuff just all over. And Mason and I looked at each other. We were like, yeah, I think this is, this is a runner. And sure enough, Ryan, the sweetest man alive was like, Hey, are you guys running the race tomorrow? Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, my pacers just took the trail and started running. So we were just all kind of chatting. And, um, coincidentally, we all were together this whole time, like the whole 24 hours, we just kind of all migrated together along the way. So hence why we're all here. And like, I haven't seen them since, you know, the race ended and everybody kind of was like, Oh, all right. See, ya. we'll talk again, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> kind of like, bye, bye, bye. My runner's dead. You're and cold and mm-hmm. wet and Yada, yada, yada. Um, So anyways, that's kind of if you hear me like asking something like, Liz, did did it rain on the way home to after the finish line? Yes. (laughs) So, all right. Well, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, Is there a reason why you picked that far out? I mean, just for people (laughs) listening. (laughs) 
we uh, literally stayed on hotel points that Brian had because he had a boatload of them. And Mm -hmm. we were supposed to have friends come with us to help crew, but they had a medical emergency and couldn't come. And so by that time, hotel prices in Blue Ridge had skyrocketed. And so Mm -hmm. we're just like, it'll be fine. So and it turned out and it was fine. It was. Yeah. So cool. Okay. So then Kyle, I'm excited to hear about your adventures because Kyle posted up on a tent, which you're allowed to do. They offer that there, you know, there's camping right there. Um, tenting. I don't know if they love campers, but tenting right there at the start line. So I just want to know, Kyle, break it down for us and how that all went. And if you recommend it. It was great. I was, I was actually a little bit like, okay, so it went good this year under the conditions of this year, as I thought, like thought about it for the future if the weather it depends on what kind of weather you prefer but it was just cool enough for me i like cool weather so it was just cool enough for me to be able to like sleep at night if it would have been any warmer i probably would have been a little uncomfortable um but it was a great like little quaint little pond that's right there at the start line and plenty of room to set up um having the the facility that they had the little church camp thing that they had um had like bathrooms, a shower and bunk beds inside. If somebody wanted mm-hmm. to like sleep inside, there's like actual bunk beds in there. They're like, Oh, the they let you do that. Signs, but sorry. They don't, they don't like publicize that. Do that or do they, or where they like, because yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like, I think that they mentioned something in the race briefing thing, um, hmm. the email, but it was just in passing. Like, yeah, we have some bunks here at the place or whatever. But yeah, I, and runners were going back there and taking naps like after the race and stuff. And I'm sure people like crew and stuff could have gone back there and taken naps if they needed to. But it was nice having like full kitchen, the bathroom, the shower, like everything that we could have needed was literally right there. And so it's pretty ideal for, you know, camping. You're not like primitive camping with like your own supplies only. So and they they let you use all that stuff. Yeah, they, they yeah. have no nobody ever. That. That's nice. super awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because so yeah, let me just paint all, a picture. Easy... Yeah, let me just paint a picture of um what this it it literally was of like a flat like one level building, brick, and it was like left side was the girls and their bunk beds, and right side was the boys' bathroom and their bunk beds. I mean, it was literally like going to camp. It was just wood bunk beds with like single twin beds too high probably i don't know how many like 20 in there so it wasn't anything yeah. fancy um but it was as it sounds like very helpful um because in the middle of the night you could just get up and go to the bathroom or whatever in there was that open throughout the night kyle mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there was people cool. in there the, the race directors like we were i was laughing with sarah because she literally went I think her only food that she ate, we were laughing at her was like some vegan beef jerky and energy drinks. And she was up for like 48 (laughs) hours on that. And she was like starting to twitch and stuff toward the end, but she was going Uh, every time I would get up. Yeah. She was just active doing something for the race. I'm like, man, like kudos to her. She was a hard worker. And, and Sean, of course um, was out. He was just out and about more than she was. She was Mm -hmm. stayed there most of the time. They're great people. Okay. So mm-hmm. you tented where you, you weren't in a tent with Ryan, were you? You were just had two no. separate tents or yeah, okay. separate tents. 
Yeah. And there was like ample space. You guys could just park right there. You guys had front row parking ready to rock and roll the next yeah. day. Now, right. The, the parking, like part of the reason why I was, I actually ended up parking cars um, that first Wait, day was what? because the parking space. Yeah. Well, I volunteered. I was like, <laughs> Hey, let me help with something. And, and uh, you unofficially but, volunteered, right? <laughs> I unofficially volunteered. And, um, okay. cause I can't just sit like still. Until, yeah. Yeah. And I, of course, oh. marked a little bit too. I can't sit still. So I'm like, I normally run. So I'm like, I want to do something active, you know? Um, but the space there, and this is relevant for anybody that's going to do it in the future is, uh, the parking is, is a issue. So what the ways that we are parking people is like people that were going to stay, if they were coming by themselves and they were going to leave their vehicle parked for the duration of the race, to park in the back corner and like literally mm-hmm. get blocked in on purpose and have other people park there because the parking space is like a very big um, limiting factor for, you know, and it gets congested, congested and stuff as well. So, um, but it, it honestly, what I expected when I saw the space versus what it ended up being, it was, it worked and um, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't seem like there was any major issues. So, you know, yeah. you, you show up first come first serve with, the places to set up your tent and there seemed like there was a few, you know, options there and, and there could have been more if more people would have been there. So, um, and then the bunk space, if somebody wanted to crash in, uh, inside the place there, it seemed like there were bunks open. So it doesn't seem like there was like this year, at least, I don't know how it is other years, but it seemed like there was ample space there, um, for everybody. So I feel like in the next year, because I mean, granted, we got a hotel pretty early, um, so our it wasn't that big of a budget blower, but I would have no problems tenting right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we drove, so we would have had all the stuff we needed. And I kind of saw it and I was like, oh, we could have saved like $500 just posting up right <laughs> here and literally just being like, all right, you finished, go lay down. Instead right. of being like, we're okay, get in the car. We got to get out of here kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. okay. That's cool. I think that's, that's something great to know because honestly, I would have totally posted up and, you know, campsite check free and they don't charge you, right? Nope. Nope. Free. Yeah. See? Yeah. And if you have the ability to pack a tent and all the necessities that go along with that, feel free because it's it's it sounds like it was wonderful and i'm kind of bummed i missed out on it um i'm gonna all right i'm gonna start doing that in the future like even like a race that i have coming up in the fall i'm already looking it's hard to find information on it though it seems like with some races so you kind of have to dig a little bit but if there's possibility to camp there depending on where the the site is um, for like mm-hmm. the start line and stuff like that, I found it to be really helpful. You're just right there on it. Like I've, we've gotten, I've showed up to the start of a race as they were like starting the runners and it was the most stressful time, like getting to the start line on time. Um, and that happens sometimes. And so if any, if I could avoid that in the future, I would, you know, absolutely do that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I know. Well, and parking, I mean, thankfully we got there like an hour and a half early because you have all morning. So, I mean, you're literally twiddling your thumbs. You might as well get there, get a spot and just let your runner visualize or whatever he needs to do to, to get ready. And you're just there, you know, and cause there were people that were getting there probably 20 minutes before the start line or before the start time. And they were parking like BFE, like mm-hmm. on the block, like a mile away. So it's like, mm-hmm. you had a good like warm up to get to it, but now we're starting and you're heading that same direction again. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, okay. So I think we can jump right in. Cause I feel like that was good. Um, 
housing, getting ready. I think now we can jump into the aid station talk because the start 12 o'clock, pretty simple. They roll out. We don't see them till 19 miles. So your runner is kind of flying solo until that. And they have uh, three aid stations before they get to us. And then jump into us at aid station four, which is old dial road. Um, and that's kind of where we can start off. And, um, this is probably one of my favorite aid stations and Liz, I'm uh, pretty sure this is your favorite same. too. <laughs> same, same, <Yeah>. same. <laughs> Cause we left, um, we had big plans before we got to this aid station and I don't think we did it, but, and I'm kind of glad we, we didn't. didn't. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we went, cause Kyle, you have a totally different story. Cause Liz and I were kind of like hip to hip and, uh, trudging through this together. So chime in because her and I may just like go off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> but we went straight to old dial road. We followed each other in cars and we got there and we were literally like, where, where is everything? Like, is this the right spot? <laughs> and people were like, we think it's right. We don't know. This is what it says. Oh, and rest assured, they do a very good job at putting, um, like GPX or what were they? Um, the files in the race packet. So it's literally like a click. Yeah. And and, mm-hmm. it, and it brings you from your direction wherever you are yeah. to to the aid station. So yeah. just super just know, yeah, it was super helpful. But just know that you might not have cell service yeah. at the aid station, but you can drive out like a mile in any direction and pretty much get some sort of cell service. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? One guy did that. I was kicking myself because I should have known better. Um, he downloaded his maps um, yeah. on his phone and that would have been I smart know that you can do that. I don't know how to do it, but <laughs> that's something that you most certainly will be happy um, doing in any, uh, most races you're going to end up somewhere where there's not service and it is the most mm-hmm. stressful thing trying to navigate, especially when you're on a time crunch and stuff. So yeah, I think, I think it worked out where he could pull up his map at any time and click the link and it would take him straight mm-hmm. where he needed to go. There was no issue with service or anything. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're Google Maps. So have that app downloaded if you don't already before going into this race. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that was super helpful. It's never we never really got like, where the heck are we except for one time, yeah. but we'll cross that bridge. <laughs> um, so old dial road, your runner comes in 19 miles in, they're not too beat up yet. I think we um, the the tent wasn't even set up yet, but we had a good idea where the tent was going to be. So we just parked and uh, kind of got out of their way. And then they came rolling in with their U-Hauls and unloaded everything. And Liz, what were their names? Because they were the sweetest bears and I loved them dearly. The, the married couple. Do you remember yeah, their names? Re- I know her name's Rebecca. I don't remember what her husband's name is. Kyle, do you remember? It's killing me that I don't uh, remember because there's I, I three. They all start the they all start with the same initial. The three guys that were there, mm. um, but yeah, I don't remember it. But they were the most amazing, sweet human beings that you will ever meet. They were, they were and they awesome. were, yeah. They were beyond helpful. They they came out and chatted with everybody and they just, you know, they just made you feel super like that Southern welcome, that like Southern comfort of like y'all, you know, and and by the end of this race, you're kind of talking like that. Um, I lost my Minnesota (laughs) twang for a minute. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, God, where did that come from? Um, So anyways, um, the aid station was crushing it. They, They had it in check and they were there all night. Like they were sleeping in their cars. And uh, 
Liz, remember they were like weed whacking and we were like, oh, you guys really understood like the assignment. You guys came prepared. And they're like, oh, no, we're just we're just weed whacking because uh, this is where we're going to go to the bathroom. And yeah. we learned our lesson from last year. Yeah. yeah. Also <laughs> to note, there are no porta potties at any of the aid stations. Mm. So mm-hmm. you got to got to prepare for that. They're literally <laughs> off the side of the road. Yeah. You can just like pull off the side of the road. You're fine. And, and I there was, go ahead. There was um, at this aid station, just like about a quarter mile down the road, there was like a public um, kayak landing that had an actual um, pit toilet bathroom that you could use. So that was mm-hmm. super convenient. Um, also, like parking at this aid station, not an issue, like at all. There's plenty of road. You just pull off on either side. Um, mm-hmm. So that's super convenient. And we got there early. Like we went straight um, from the start line to yeah. this aid station. So we were like front row center. Like we were yeah. one car deep. Like I posted up and the aid station was right across from me. And Liz mm-hmm. was kind of the same. There was like two cars between us. Um, and we kind of set up shop and sat there. And um, the aid station had at this time of day, they just had what the they were fully stocked. I mean, they weren't sort of being anything hot, but they had their like quesad or I don't think they had quesadillas, but they had like um, tortillas with like hummus and, you know, your basic stuff. So they're not, they're not pumping out anything, but on the return trip is when they were just getting, turning it up. So, yeah. um, But other than that, I mean, I think parking's fine. You just kind of Mm -hmm. make your way through these, you're, you know, you're in the, you're in the Chattahoochee. So it's not like you're on these beautiful paved roads. You're on dirt roads, but nothing that was like, oh crap, like this isn't going to work kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You pull up and you're like, this is great. Um, Kyle, do you have anything to add to that aid station? You uh, got in trouble for a second with your car parked in the uh, tent spot. Yeah, because I was marking the course I left, I left actually the start line before the race started to go and remark a section where some guy had pulled flags for like a mile. Oh my and a gosh. Half yes. And so I tell well, that story. Yeah. So the race director, Sean was like, can you like go out and, and like remark this section of the course? Because the guy thought he was doing the world a service uh, by pulling flags um, and then like boasted about it on social media and like got reamed by a bunch of people on social media. They're like, you idiot. That was for a race. And, and like he paid for it, but, but he, yeah, he so thought he I was legit doing and- something nice though. Like he thought he was legit, like cleaning yeah. up and yeah, like we, doing a service no trace behind. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like he didn't ask um, why no those slides might've been there. Um, but yeah, so I, I went and did that. My car was parked where the aid station like uh, tent was going to be set up, and I didn't realize that. So when I got back, everybody was like, "You're the guy with the car," and I was like, "Oh, which no. we should have known, Kyle." I swear, Liz and yeah, I were yeah. standing like right next to your car the whole time, and uh, like both of us yeah. were like, "I don't yeah. know who's this car. I don't know whose car this is." But and then we were like, yeah. "Oh, it's Kyle." Sorry, I could have texted. Well, it's technically him. Ryan's <laughs> car, so it wasn't my car on the way, but right. Ryan. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Ryan's fault. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, next up we see, uh, five and a half miles. So literally these aid stations are very close to each other. Um, aside from like Wolf Creek, you're, you're turning and burning. Like once your runner comes in, you're heading out because you have maybe an hour and a half, 
I think that's kind of what we were all on pace for with our mm-hmm. runners. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like kiss and fly. Like your runner comes in, sends them on a run, and none of our runners lingered. So we were like literally like three minutes of fame, do your job, and then roll out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Will Scott Gap is the next one. That's aid station five, and that's five and a half miles from that old dial road. Um, pretty common again. I mean, you're back on you're back on paved road, right? Mm-hmm. If I remember this yes. right. Um, yep. Parking just off the side of the road. My yeah, only qualm sh- with this. Sh- oh, go ahead. You sorry, go. I was going to say my only qualm with this aid station is watch out for like people flying up and down this road um, because there are some locals that know like, oh, God, these dang runners are in my way. They're all over the place, you know, and we're flagging people down and we're like telling them to slow down. And I'm sure they're just like, "Mm -hmm, watch this. So, um, I'm trying to remember which aid station was this. This wasn't, this, this one, fill me back in. The one with like the cool, um, art drawings on cardboard Mm -hmm. and all the super, super funny signs. Mm -hmm. Um, it was that like was? up on the hill. Yeah. 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 They had a bunch of funny different signs like on their, yeah. on their like tent thing. Yeah. They had, hanging like, from the tent. Things. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm getting that one in Skeena. I feel like that one. Yeah. yeah. Skeena thought, is okay. handball. <laughs> yeah. Skeena is the handball. next one. Oh, that's handball. That's Kyle's location. Yes. Yeah. That was where you were again, unofficially volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> At that one. Okay. All right. So yeah, Will Scott, let's chat about that one for a second. Um, so make sure you pull off completely yes. off the side of the road. Otherwise you will get, we heard between a 200 and a $300 ticket from the sheriff's department. So make sure yeah. your wheels are off the road. Oh, is <laughs> yeah, that what they officially said? Because I know mm-hmm. they rolled by and they were like, tickets for everybody, ticket, ticket, tickets. And you were like, yeah. okay, go. All right, cool. Yeah. Yep. But it was just wheels off the road. Yes, which is oh. kind of hard to do because there's like a little <laughs> ravine. So if you have a low rider right. car, you might be a little, yeah, have That's a little, little issue. Yeah. It's nothing horrible, but, and there's also like, there's a couple small parking lot style mm-hmm. spaces. I don't know what spaces like um, there too. So if you get there and they're lucky enough to snag a spot there then that's super easy yeah because the aid station's kind of like tucked in there like there's mm -hmm. no like lugging a wagon there's none of that with any of these aid stations which is nice because it's literally like how many times have we run to the car and we were like we literally were sitting at the car or the car was in like walking five or six car distance depending on when you got there so it's Mm -hmm. that's another thing to point out is that there was nothing that was like grab a backpack, grab all your stuff. You're going to be walking for, you know, a mile and a half, you know, like some of those other races. But um, again, like the aid station was just kind of butted up against the side. You had plenty of room to kind of wait by the aid station too. Um, Then that's kind of what we did. We just kind of brought a chair, sat down, kind of watched some, because the runners do run across that, that busy road and busy Mm -hmm. is, you know, I use that word lightly, but busy in the sense that these people are kind of blinded when they come up to us. Um, and by then, you know, they're, they're hauling 60, 60, 65 miles an hour. So that's something to note to just be on your a game and, uh, help each other out and be an unofficial 
volunteer, when you see a runner coming, yell runner, you know, do we're as a crew, you kind of know that just like an unwritten rule is that you're like, we got a runner or we're like slowing people down kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think that's, I mean, anything else, this one's a really fun aid station. <laughs> this, whoever this artist is, the, the crew chief or the aid station, um, what do you call him? Yeah. Captain, 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 yeah, she does a really, I think it was her, was she the one that did all the signs? It was the lady that did all the signs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And she was also volunteering. So I don't know if she was mm-hmm. the captain or not, but she yeah. is very creative and very talented and it gives you something to stare at and read and just funny little sayings. So, um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything uh, else a, for that aid station? Yeah. Just, uh, going back, I just remembered that, um, if you're, if you, the maps question, like if your GPS is not loading and you're on Google maps or whatever, they had written in driving instructions mm. to, so you mm-hmm. could go old school. Like, you know, before we had phones and stuff where we actually had, map to like, list. yeah, we actually had to we like had to follow p- directions, which I did. And I used that. <laughs> yeah. It was a little stressful. Cause I'm like, gosh, did we really live like I this know. at one point? And we did. And we were fine. But it, it was <laughs> We've gotten clear. real comfortable. And it was like, it seemed like the, I don't know how it was for you guys, but the aid stations were 10 to 15 minutes driving time apart from each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. Most of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So yeah. that wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing was like, aside from like the middle, you know, because with this race, you literally like, it's like a staircase, like you go up to those aid stations and then you filter right back those same okay. aid stations. So you do it one way and then you turn around and do it the same way. So that was the mm-hmm. nice, beautiful thing of this is that it's not 20 different aid stations new every time. I mean, we can only crew at nine aid stations. Um, so <clears throat> I think that's right. Um, so it was literally like a an accordion. So you like kind of oh, go up and then come back. So you got very familiar with the, the four or five that you always went to. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of a, a beautiful thing for crewing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So then, yep. Another 10, 15 minute drive, maybe 15, 20, depending on, um, you know, if you're, your driving skills. Um, <laughs> and you, again, you see a runner in 4.9 miles. So you're literally like up and out, see you in like an hour, some an hour and a half. Um, so is Skeena Gap. And then from there, uh, is Wolf Creek. So at Skeena, um, Again, same parking, same kind of fast paced road. Um, this one is a little, this is, I don't feel like this aid station has as much room as, yeah. um, uh, the highway seemed a little more busy there. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys got that impression too, but th- that was where I saw yeah. the most speeders. Um, and through the middle of the night too, there was people going, yeah, like you were saying, like literally 60 miles an hour. With mm-hmm. people walking mm-hmm. on the the edge of the road and like opening car doors, and they're just yeah. flying right past me. It was it was actually pretty sketchy, and and uh, so it's definitely something just to keep an eye on and be careful, watch where you're going, make sure the runners when they're coming onto their the the road that they have to run on for a second, like they have to run like a hundred yards down the road, and cars yeah. will be driving by, and it's like they're so disoriented from running that you know you have to redirect yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is like to make note is that we left our runners at in in, at Wolf Creek. um, Like what time, Liz, do you think? It was like 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that from from Wolf Creek back to Skeena is what was that? 
30. 30, yeah like what did we figure out like 40 miles if we yeah. didn't go to wolf creek yeah it's 40 and it's <laughs> yeah. and it's not just 40 but it's the hardest 40 so it's the the drt or the the um duncan ridge trail and i've actually yeah. run that before at a different race and it is some of the the toughest like running it's literally up and down the entire time they call it like a dragon's tail trail where you know like the 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 dragon the dragon's dragon spine yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh i mean it's yeah it's it's brutal and it's the place where i'm sure i didn't see ryan at wolf creek but i'm sure by the time people got to wolf creek it was like okay the race is setting in things mm-hmm. are starting to hurt really bad and it's kind of like time to fight a little bit and if you can make it back to skeena from there like then you're you're doing pretty good yeah because liz yeah. and i kind of like liz had scoped out and fill in the gaps here, Liz. Liz, mm-hmm. you had scoped out that road the day before. Yes. Yeah, um, we went to all the aid stations the day before just so that I had a rough idea where I was going because I was technically supposed to be solo the whole time. And I just right, kind of wanted Which to is know. a wonderful idea for anybody who does that. It, in a perfect world, that is something as a crew member to do that like the day before gives anybody a peace of mind. I mean, if you have mm-hmm. the time and the bandwidth to do that, I think that's a wonderful idea. And this isn't, I don't feel like this is that big of a time consuming no. activity to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so yeah. So you had scoped out yeah, the Wolf so, Creek. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, this one was an interesting one um, because the directions said it was roughly a 30 minute drive from Skeena uh, to there. And so you go there and for the most part, it's main roads, easy. Mm-hmm. And then you make one final turn off and that's where it gets sketch. <laughs> um, so you basically turn off this road and it gets real, real narrow. And then you get to the end of the paved portion of the road. And then it gets really, really narrow. (laughs) And you are basically traveling on a single lane, gravel rutted road. Um, I do not advise a low car (laughs) having something a little bit more elevated is going to be beneficial. Um, It is, like I said, it's single lane. And they wanted everybody to go in one way and out the same way. So it is literally super tight, super sketchy. Um, If your runner can make it 40 miles without you seeing, like without seeing you, it might be advisable not to go. Um, At the same time, it was still a freaking blast. It was. It really was. Because Kyle, you you didn't make it out there, Kyle. I didn't realize that. No, because I just I wanted to get some sleep um, before I cr- I paced Ryan the next day, so I mm-hmm. I went back to camp at Morganton and just after Skeena, I think I left Skeena around eight eight something. Um, I grabbed a bite to eat and then went back and tried to tried to sleep for a little bit, which turned into where did like you an grab hour. a bite to eat? I went to Ingles actually, and um, wait, tell us more. What's Ingles? Ingles yeah, like the grocery store. Uh, it's like, it's like a North Georgia, it's like a a grocery store that's in that region, um, different places kind of like we have Publix down here and it's like a nicer end, um, you know, grocery store, they have hot food, they've got everything cold that you would need. Um, they even have like Starbucks in some of them. Definitely like for me, 
if I need to get like a few different things, I would prefer to go there versus like a restaurant, you know, cause then I can grab like a gallon of water if I need to. And like other supplies and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, you're like usually, one-stop shop. Yeah, seriously. So, so wait, grab- fill, fill a crew, fill a crew member in who's going to do this. Where is that? Yeah. I didn't yeah. see that. Um, I think it was on the North end of Blue Ridge, um, oh. on the main okay. highway. Um, Gosh, I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure like if you head north out of Blue Ridge, you'll bump into it Um, and just above like like, yeah, instead of going to Walmart or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ingalls is is cool. So I don't remember what I ate there, but I got something. I think I got a sub. They make like good subs. So that's good. Way better than the Nutter Bar and Tortilla that I had. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and i knew Wolf Creek better than living off your your runner's food yeah i was a little conflicted though to be honest because i know at like as a runner i know that morale for 40 miles uh that wasn't motorcycle going by there yeah um, yeah um that was um, you yeah the 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 morale for a 40 mile really rough time in the middle of the night for a runner is probably really hard and just seeing a face like it feels like forever being out there on the trail so seeing like a familiar face is just like a really refreshing thing uh they did they have drop bags at wolf creek so you can leave a drop bag there so you can basically get all the things that you would need uh supply wise you know within reason um but yeah it's more of like like just meeting them there to help them to be their therapist for three minutes and you know <laughs> get, get them out the chair and hundred percent was that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, and and Liz and I kind of went back and forth with that because we were like, Ugh. well, I mean, it was too late now. And I think, Liz, you were a little more prepared, which I think you have a wonderful idea because we talked about this later after the race where you mm-hmm. um, you made the comment like, regardless if you're going to some of these aid stations, pack a drop bag for your runner just in case something mm-hmm. happens. Yes. You know, you may get there yeah. and you... I think you did it wonderfully because you literally like here I am like my high maintenance runner who, you know, changes everything from his shirt to his socks. And I'm just lugging like all this stuff in like I was ill prepared, which I should have been better, but I, you know, whatever. And then Liz just like strolls up with like, you know, a Snickers bar and a Gatorade (laughs) and then grabs, grabs Brian's bag. That's just sitting at the drop bag. And I kind of look at him like, that's all you got. And he's like, yeah, she's just totally mellow and just kind of, you know, gives me a kiss and drinks some of his coffee and out he goes. But it's like, a, it was a, like after you say you sent that text, I was like, oh, my God, that's genius. Like I was talking to Mason about it and he's like, that's freaking genius. Like it, <laughs> there's nothing there was. It's nothing. It's not like a profound thing, but it's in. The, it makes sense. Like just in mm-hmm. case, like especially going down. Um, that Wolf Creek road, like what if something happened or just making your way to these aid stations? If we had decided not to go, like Mason wouldn't have had like anything there. So, you know, yeah. And I wouldn't have ever probably made that decision. I just had to like, you know, put my big girl panties on and just be like, here we go. Mm -hmm. I mean, if everybody Mm -hmm. else is going, you might as well. And rest assured, I mean, not to scare anybody, that road isn't really, it's, it's only awful in the sense that it's like, single like car width wide i mean there's no like huge drop off cliffs you know like in your on 550 there's nothing like that where you're like oh my god i'm gonna die if i just hiccup and turn the wheel it's mm-hmm. just more of the sense that it's like 
super narrow. And if you have a car, like there was many times like you and I, Liz, were sitting there and we're like, oh, watch this. This is going to get good. And like <laughs> two cars came onto each other and we're like, Who, who's going to have to back up? Yeah. yeah. And literally, if you can find a spot to back up, great. If not, you're backing up until who knows? You're doing Austin Powers style, like (laughs) back and forth, back and forth, back and forth a million times until you can turn around to the right direction. (laughs) Because it got to the point where like even the aid station people, and it just kind of like spread like wildfire. We're like, everybody's coming in. If you can leave in one direction, go, we're all going left out of this aid station. Don't try to turn around because literally people were getting so frustrated and just parking in the middle of the road. Because they were like, I'm going to have to park four miles down the road at this entrance before I can even get to this aid station because it was so narrow. Like people were trying to park off the side of the road. It's just, it's just kind of a, it's a learning curve. It is. It's like Mm -hmm. unorganized chaos because Kyle, get get comfy for this conversation. This is the first year though that they've had this aid station open to the runners because normally this is like one of the first aid stations that oh, the runners you're hit. right so it was a first time so it was you know it's going to be a learning curve and i'm sure next year that if they have to go this way that it'll be mm-hmm. something else will be planned out i'm sure you're right because, because they, they usually start in a different location yeah yeah that's right um kyle where did, where did, do you know how that went last year they started they started at the state park yeah, Vogel. So basically, the Vogel. yeah the the reason why they didn't do Vogel at all, which is the whole remapping of the the thing, was um, I guess Vogel was charging. They wanted mm-hmm. a certain percentage, and it was just kind of like a, a a high number that was kind of ridiculous that they weren't, you know, it'd take away like any margin that they had basically, um, which they're already like you know up against that yeah, yeah so so they were like yeah let's not do vogel at all then and um so wolf creek was like i guess wolf creek was still there as one of the first and last aid stations like mm-hmm. you're saying um yeah but, but it was like a couple miles in or whatever from vogel and then now they just took it out and then did i think they did a different out and back and didn't go to yeah. vogel at all correct yeah yep yeah that's yeah what happened. that wasn't even because the did the 50 yeah. milers start at vogel Vogel this time? No, they, mm-hmm. they, they found a new one location as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, now, they... mess- now you're playing with 50 milers in this mix to Wolf Creek. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, um, but it was a cool aid station overall. Like, uh, yes. A, a good vibe. <laughs> Are we going to give away the secret? <laughs> I don't know. I thought about that. I know. That's why I was saying, Kyle, get comfy there, because this is about yeah. to get good. There's a, a, a <laughs> secret area. The night, too. All the yeah. weird stuff oh. happening. Mm-hmm. Because we got there, we got there, um, and it legit. If you took that way, it's a thirty-minute drive, mm. easy peasy. And literally, there was like, we met up. We met Meg. I'm just gonna do a little side, a side note. Uh, it's Meg, right? Yep. Yeah, sweet yep. Meg. She had a runner, um, and she was just a freshie to this crewing world. And we kind of like, she kind of lingered by us for a little bit at old a at old dial. And all of a sudden we just kind of started chatting with her. Cause this is what you do in the crew world. You just kind of talk to whomever you you want to. Um, and long story short, we talked her into, <laughs> she Dang. was going to drive all the way home to Tallahassee. No, not to town. Sorry. To Nashville. Sure. 
Chattanooga. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. A couple hours. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. An hour and a half or something yeah. like that. She was like, oh, I'm just going to drive yeah. home, get some sleep, grab some snacks, and then come back for my runner. Who, mind you, her runner was like top five. So mm-hmm. he was moving and a shaking. And, sh- and we kind of looked at her and we were like, uh, Meg, no, why don't you just, you know, grab some snacks at Walmart, get comfy, meet, let's go to Wolf Creek and surprise him. And, you know, whatever. She was like, uh, I don't know. I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we talked her into it. So now she's under our ring. There's now there's three cars involved. And then when we get to the start of this, she was so scared to go into this Wolf Creek. <laughs> Terrified. <laughs> she would text us and she was like, all right, I'm here. What should I do now? And we were like, just hold tight. We'll be there in 10 minutes. We'll come and re- we'll come, we'll come and I'll do this at ourselves, you know, cause we're going to have hauling three cars through the single lane. So if anyone comes up on us, they're going to be one turning around because there's going to be an army of people coming down this road. Um, it was like a parade. So then we get there. Oh, Liz, we need to talk about what we did on our way there too. Right. Oh Yeah. Okay, okay, so, so anyways, okay, uh, go ahead. On the way there, it's like basically the only time you come across like a Dollar General and a mm-hmm. gas station. Like out and, of nowhere. Yeah, like in the middle of nowhere. It's the only gas station you'll find. Okay, <laughs> oh, hold on. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Pump the, before, <laughs> it was right after that that we then um, had a Google Map faux pas. Like, Wait, the, did we stumble upon this dollar store because we were lost? No, it was on oh. the route to get there. Okay. And then it was after that, the Google Maps like was like, here, hold my beer. I've had one too many. And <laughs> I'm going to take you for a joyride. Down <laughs> into this like, not sketchy neighborhood, but like close proximity neighborhood of like super, super tight street, still yeah. paved roads. And yeah. we stumble upon another crew member that we happen to see at other aid stations. And he was there and they were like, yeah, your maps took you the wrong way. Like, um, took us to like the backyard way- of an elementary school or something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so we had to like literally turn around. This super nice gentleman like got us out back out to the main road. And then mm-hmm. Google Maps decided to work again. <laughs> Yeah. And, and mind you, like we pulled into the dollar general to like go to the bathroom and then like across the street was like this glowing gas station. I'm like, I'm going to get gas because we all know if you see a gas station while you're crewing, you fill up. I don't care if you're not full or I mean, if you're not empty, you will fill up. I don't care. And you will use the restroom. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I mean, I went in there and I grabbed a couple monsters because my runner Mason loves chugging a monster throughout running um and some gatorades and just there's you know again nothing fancy i mean you're not going in there with gold-plated sinks or anything like that it was you know it had facilities with running water yeah yeah and it's it's been there a while so um but that is also good to note that along the way on your way to wolf creek you will stumble across a gas station so um fill up grab some snacks and out you go because you do have time. Um, how, what is that? 20 miles, 20 miles. We, we think mm-hmm. um, yep. from, from Skeena to Wolf Creek. Um, so anyway, so we, yeah, we got lost. We meet up with Megan at the mouth of <laughs> that road. Um, we also run into another runner's crew who was just sitting there and they're like, uh, 
are we doing this? And we all looked at each other. Like I ran back there, talked to them and I'm like, here we go. Like everybody just, we're just going to have to do it. So, um, we piled in our cars and followed each other. And I made Liz. (laughs) I was the lead. Liz Liz was the lead. And you were in, what were you driving? You were driving like a Murano or yeah. Something. something Yeah. So you had a little wheel drive just, yeah. No. But you weren't like scooting in your like Honda Civic, like no. Kyle. Kyle, you were driving around a like a f- Nissan or yeah, no, like a, a little hybrid car. <laughs> yeah, like which yeah. you probably would have bottomed out, rightfully yeah. so, especially getting mm-hmm. out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, and I was just in like a Subaru Outback, which I had left in four wheel drive, so I was totally fine, and everybody was fine. Everybody made it. Um, I did see and and Liz I don't know if you saw this too there was like a Mercedes Sprinter van yes <laughs> that trudged on in there I mean like you're just gonna have to own it and they did it and I don't know what life looked like after they parked and their runner came through because there was literally like there's a there's a Mustang um parked in the middle of the road somebody or whatever it was it was like somebody's got to move this car whose car is just sitting in the middle of the road and one guy's like yeah. oh that's mine and they were like well can you move it? And he was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then just like sauntered out to move it. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting back to this aid station, they cross a bridge, they go up and do like a little like point to point, yeah. right? Like yep. up and I'll back. back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Liz, I'll let you uh, share the insider trading that we found okay. for this. So for there's this aid like station. a, there's a secret little nook area, I guess you would call it. Because um, we went travel. exploring. Yeah, we went exploring. And mm-hmm. I always bring a hammock to these races because why not be like super comfortable while you're waiting for your runners and you pray to God that there's trees because you're in the mountains usually. Right. <laughs> um, so we went exploring across the bridge and um, the runners go left off the bridge and off to the right, there is a whole like little nook area. That's an actual designated like camping area. So there's a couple trees, there's a fire pit. I wouldn't advise lighting a fire, but there is a fire pit, but like, and it sits right next to the Creek. So it's like a cool little area just to hang out, chill, put your hammock up. If you do have one. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was great it was, for like three hours of hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we like, and when you cross the bridge, like Megan wouldn't even come with us. No, she, <laughs> she was, was like, scared. <laughs> you guys are like going into the depths of the woods because when you cross the bridge, it's like brush. So you can't see anything. And like Liz was like, here I go. And like pushed against the brush and just like trudged her way through. And it was like, uh, like, look at this huge open area. Like it was literally like, Okay, here's here's two trees for your hammock. Here's another tree trees for this hammock. Here's a nice little seating area and like no brush, no nothing like on the ground. Yeah. And she posted up her hammock. I conveniently told my husband I wasn't going to need a hammock, so I threw him back down in the basement. And uh jokes on me. Um so I just I just had a chair and another chair. Liz was nice to give me her nice little Walmart chair that she had purchased, <laughs> and I put my feet on it and we slept like, you know, <laughs> right there and then we set our timer and we were like uh our runner should be coming in soon we got up we got out to um the aid station because you could literally see the aid station across the creek it was like blaring in our face so it's not like we didn't have any idea um we knew exactly what was going on we could hear everything um and you know this aid station what were kyle what were they carrying tailwind 
Is that what's yeah. the liquid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, Tailwind and, again, fully stocked with ramen, broth, quesadillas. Um, so it's not like you're going to be short on food. Um, and I'm sure your runner at some point was sick of goose or, you know, spring or whatever it was. But um, there's stuff to eat there. Um, again, not ha- – well, you know, there's a little bit of a walk if depending on where you park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to run back to the car a couple times, bring your headlamp, bring a flashlight because it's dark. I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere, um, yeah. with no one around. So, um, <clears throat> I think that's kind of our runner. You're, you're going to see your runner twice here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we hunkered down, slept a couple hours, saw our runner. They ran out, did their what was there like a two two mile, mile. two mile something like that two and a yeah, half mile something like that yeah. remember that first place guy like he wasn't even first place he like was in third place and like did that up and down in 45 minutes or something like that yeah something crazy yeah <laughs> cruised i mean he ended up winning it but um <clears throat> so yeah so you're gonna see your runner and then going out now we're talking about leaving going back to skina because we've already done this already um and this is kind of uh, a silly because it took an hour, yeah, an hour and twenty minutes to get back Something to Skeena like going yeah. out. So they didn't want you coming back in the same way you came. You could if you crossed your fingers and you, yeah. And that's actually so the race directions told you to go back out oh. the same way you mm-hmm. came in, um, which makes the, sense. Because it's fast. Um, it's fast. Um, I don't know if we were technically supposed to go out that other way. Um, I don't know if it was, I think it was legal to do it, but I just don't think it was advisable. And I think it wasn't advisable just because of the terrain. Um, definitely more ruts, oh, boulderying kind of type oh things gosh. that you're going out. Um, lots of it was wines like- and turns, um, uphill, Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So yeah. it literally took us probably an hour just to get out that way. Just yeah. To and get I to wasn't leaving road. without you. Yeah. yeah no, we, I mean, if you can buddy up, yeah, if you can buddy up with someone and kind of find someone to travel with if you're flying solo, I mean, because this, I mean, these roads are just you're you're in the backwoods like these are like jeep wrangler roads mm-hmm. like atv you know trails, you're basically yeah you're kind of off balance and you're kind of bouldering up some of these um so it got a little like you're kind of the point where you're like what the heck is going on can i just freaking get to the main road yeah, and then once you you're at the main road <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, like, you're like i'm there and then it turns <laughs> right yeah and so once you get on that road um, remind you again, this is if you're going that other other way out. If you can make it out the other way, you're you're smooth sailing. But um, for those of you who make it out and go that other way and just can't, it's once it's you're gonna be sitting at about an hour, hour and a half because we didn't pull in to Skeena, which is aid station fourteen, and they're about sixty, almost sixty nine miles into this race already. Mm-hmm. But they're running all night. Um, but from Wolf Creek to Skeena, that's an hour and a half. I mean, you've got plenty of time. There's nothing to rush, but it you're mm-hmm. it's just a frustrating drive. Um, and again, if you 
like like Kyle said, it's refreshing to see a face you know um, when you get to that point because you're dog tired. And I mean, I'm not, but the runner is. <clears throat> and it's just nice. I mean, I think that's just an overall statement with any race to see your wife or your pacer or your friend or whomever it is that's waiting for you. It's just kind of like a breath of fresh air. Um, so, I mean, another thing is, is like I, we met a couple runners at the beginning of this race that were doing this solo. Um, and so we, by chance they came into Wolf Creek because it's kind of a, a lingering aid station because you got a couple things you need to do there with your runner. Um, and you just kind of, you know, if you ever meet, someone who's doing this solo, make sure you like kind of go over and check on them. Like, that's what I did. I just kind of went over and it was like, you know, Hey man, how you doing? You know, do you need anything? Can I help you with anything? And I think that mm-hmm. kind of gives them even like a reassurance, like, Oh yeah, no, you know, like someone cares because you know, they have aid station people that are coming up and talking to them. But I think it's, you know, if you can even just give a little like, Hey, do you need anything? Like, and I think that's just something our community does in general, at these races, I know, like Kyle, I know you have no problem doing that with anybody. And Liz, same thing. Like mm-hmm. the personalities on this call all are able to just get in there and be like, got it. I'm on it. You know, whatever you need kind of thing. So, um, again, drop bags are something that you can do. Um, and again, you won't see your runner for 40 miles, but that's on you. That's on your runner if your runner can handle it. Uh, because we got back to Skeena at 4 no, no was really? it? No. Oh, no, because we left Wolf Creek about 1 a.m. So it was like 2.33 ish. Yeah. Kyle, because, well, yeah, we only slept like two hours, two mm-hmm. and a half hours, right? Because we set yeah. our alarms for seven. So yeah. we were there at like five, five, maybe 4.30. Somewhere in there. Yeah. If it's all yeah. blurry, it's a haze. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Because then Kyle, you woke up, you came back to life and you were at that aid station before we were even there. Did you see runners one and two come through? Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah, Cause what time did you get back there? Uh, at two, which I, two. I had bummed a ride because I, I was going to pace Ryan to the end from there. So I needed a ride. And the guy that, that agreed to come pick me up, he left Wolf Creek <sighs> came all the way back to the camp to pick me up and then take me there. So I was super grateful, but I told him, I was like, yeah, like four thirty-five should be early enough for your runner. Like they're on pace for that. And like, that'll be good. And then I'll just catch a few hours of sleep and then you can come pick me up. And he like, he didn't have anything to do. And I think he was a little disoriented. So he called me at one thirty and was like, I'm here. And I'm like in my tent, like asleep. And I'm like, oh, oh man, like, thank you so much. Like, <laughs> let me just like get my crap together for a second and like make a cup of coffee. So I got like an hour yeah. of sleep. Oh, <laughs> and so we went here yeah. too. And I, all, all I have is the stuff that I'm going to run with. I couldn't bring any of my extra stuff. So I had like my running vest on and like a really light jacket. It was a little cooler. And I just hung out, mm-hmm. like just stood there and, and hung out from two, two o'clock. The first runner came in at like three fifteen, um, so I got to watch the first few runners come in, uh, and then it was, I think it was like seven thirty when Ryan finally got there. So yeah. <laughs> it ended up being like five and a half hours of just standing there, but I had fun because I'm mm-hmm. hanging out and talking and you know watching the runners and stuff come in. It was a little quiet there for a little while though. Yeah, because we strolled up and it was. 
I mean, there were people kind of lingering by the the trailhead where the runners were going to be coming out. And to make note, like when Mason came out of this section, he stated that um, it was so foggy that, mm-hmm. um, you know, his his like it was like he it, his headlamp was just moot because it was like. The fog was just, he was like, I couldn't see where I was going. My footing, the, you know, the trail is so narrow with brush that he was like, it was sketchy there for a second. So, I mean, he was doing that for probably an hour, hour and a half of just straight yeah. fog. But I didn't really mm-hmm. hear anybody else say that. Brian and maybe this, Brian had the same issue though. He yeah. did. Okay. Yeah. Because no mm-hmm. one else was really like, oh my God, that was awful. Yeah. You know, I think it was just kind of like a side note. Maybe they were all delusional and they were just kind of like, <laughs> is this fog? Is it me? Like, yeah. what's yeah. going on? Um, so that is something just to kind of either, either give your runner a heads up with or um, find something that works well in fog light wise, you know, whether it's just a different kind of light or, um, examine that trail or just make note of things on your way out to Wolf Creek and then remember that on the way back. So that was just my little two cents on that part because I know Mason was a little frustrated on that part because he was like, that was super sketchy. Like the fog, the light, the, the, who knows where I was. Um, At a hard section uh, of trail too. Yeah. 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 So, um, and then from Wolf Creek, I mean, you just kind of make your way back to, to, I mean, yeah, from Wolf Creek to Skeena to Will Scott to, to Old Dial Road. So, yeah. I mean, nothing really changes. Um, the vibe a- of the aid stations changes, though. Like, mm-hmm. uh, was it Ski- Skeena and Old Dial? Like, they had the tunes, like, rocking. <laughs> like, it was yeah. loud yeah. and great and super yeah. pumped up vibes. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't anything gourmet at these aid stations. So if your runner needs um, time out, Skeena had pizza rolls oh. for the runners. Like yeah. Totino's? yeah. I like, think like Totino's they, pizza rolls. They had like yeah. hamburgers. They, they had brats, like not brats, um, hamburgers, hamburgers yeah. pizza roll and Hot like dogs. pancakes. And yeah. 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 Oh. yeah I think what they okay. do is. I think they gradually move the foods mm-hmm. from like your standard like gummy worms and you know mm-hmm. peanut M and M's um, to like warmer. Like when it's hot outside, people are not going to be eating a lot of hot food. But in the night and the next day, hot food is so much better. And so I think they gradually start bringing out those kinds of more savory foods because the runners are tired of like sweet things by that time, and so <laughs> people are wanting yeah. you know that kind of stuff more. So then that's where the gourmet chefs come out with all their their crazy inventions. I ate at Will Scott, or no, I think it was at Old Dial on the way back when I was pacing a bacon-wrapped Oreo. The guy was like, yes. well, I'm not racing. I'm like, I don't care about my stomach. So they're like, do you want a bacon-wrapped Oreo? I'm like, yes, I want three of them. <laughs> Good old Old <laughs> Dial, I tell you. <laughs> Those, they, they were hilarious. Yeah. yeah I mean, I know Fireball at Will Scott. Request. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is like the standard for mm-hmm. every um, race. Yeah. Someone always yeah. has Fireball. And I don't know I've what it is. It. Maybe it's just. 
Oh, you haven't? Yeah. It's just like cinnamon. Yeah. It tastes like cinnamon, but a burning. I'm scared of it for a race. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to. I Maybe it makes you yeah. wake up or something more than other like hard liquor would because of the cinnamon. Mm-hmm. It's maybe. just like kind of a shock on your system or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe it helps for their stomach. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, But I, I know that my husband, my husband's plant-based vegan, whatever. But he totally, things kind of go off the cuff. I mean, things are just... He'll just eat anything at this point. And then I know that's very common for some of these runners because it's like, I need to eat something. And not everybody is equipped with vegan options, which is fine. I don't expect them to tailor to the 1% of people. Um, but he, there was bacon at Will Scott. And it, it was like he had never eaten before in his life after eating that bacon that was on the plate. And I was like, it's cold. And he was like, I don't care. And I was like, Okay. And he just like, you know, this is seven, eight in the, in the morning. No, no, no. Well, I don't know. Probably 10, nine. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so it was just kind of like, you know, you do you, whatever, whatever your stomach can handle, whatever your mind wants to do, you're going to do it. And I'm not standing in the way. And, uh, I think uh, someone had made the comment, another group we were talking to has made the comment that it was like, by now on a normal race, we are finishing, you know? Yes. And it was like, I think at the, the Will Scott gap, they made that comment. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're right. I was like, this is why I'm so thrown off because usually four in the morning, five, six, seven, we're finishing and mm-hmm. our crewing is done. And we're just trying to figure out what's going on next. But here we have still 30 miles mm-hmm. left and we're, you know, still trudging along. So, um, I mean, after Will Scott, it's old dial, same thing. They throw in that next aid station, Stanley Gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one is a, is a toughie because, Kyle, you picked up Ryan where? Skeena. 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 And you yeah, ran Skeena, so. all the way. You ran to what? Yeah. Like- to what with him? The back 35. Yeah. So the the the, finish line. It was at mile 68 into the finish. Yeah. Okay. So you ran up. It was like 35 miles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because after Old Dial, again, five, six miles. So you got to get on your horse and head on out. But I mean, you, which is fun because on this way, you pass your runner. If your runner has, you know, made it this far, um, between like wrapping up your um, stuff and putting things back in your car and getting in your car. I know I passed uh, Mason. He was running along the road and you're kind of like, oh, these are all becoming familiar runners because as you're, you know, you see these people coming into these aid station and I'm like, oh my God, there's Mason. So I'm like honking and waving, you know, I don't want to like pull over and crew or anything. Cause that's a no, no. So you just kind of honk and wave and give him like a hi. But as I passed him, the, um, <laughs> The road began to wind more, get gravelly, get steep. And I was like, oh, sweet baby Jay. Like, they still have to go up all this? And this, you know, they say it's 12 miles of road. And that's 12 miles of pure pain because my husband hates road. His body doesn't know what to do on a road. Um, When he, you know, when he got to us at Stanley Gap. Liz, did you pass Brian? I don't think I did, or if I did, I wasn't paying attention close enough. <laughs> because this road, this is an easy, this is an easy, again, another easy aid station a crewers dream to get to. Um, but 
It does it, get tight though, up towards the aid station. But not a Wolf Creek tight. You are no, you are just no. you're both kissing the sides, you know, uh, yeah. passing each other. But mm-hmm. the parking does kind of eh. It's you're it's like a little sketch. It does. Yeah. I mean, get there, get there right away because now you're messing with 50 Kers too. Yeah. Uh, or 50 milers. Sorry. The 50 milers are now at this aid station too. So now you're battling double the amount of drivers and crewers. Yeah. And so, you're battling the runners on the side of the road as well. Yes. Like, legit. They run the most amount of road, like with this cars section. passing them at this section, I think. Yeah. So just be mindful of the runners on the side of the road. Kyle, how was it from like a runner's perspective? It, I did not like that at all. Like running on the side of the road. That was, I don't like the roads either in general. And, and mm-hmm. I especially don't like r- running on the shoulder of a road like that with no, like I, we went off into the wet grass, the wet, tall, gra- overgrown grass on the side, mm-hmm. like when cars were coming in both directions, which there weren't like too, too many, but there was a few times where I had to like get completely off the road. And uh, I was I was ready for it to be over. And I couldn't imagine being at mile. I was at mile like 15 or 18. I couldn't imagine a runner who's at mile 80 and having to do that. Like that just sounds like death, you know. So Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I know when Mason got to us because we you you park and the aid station you can't park near really near the aid station unless you're like lucky number one, two, and three who get to park right at that like um, opening, I guess. Mm -hmm. So this is one place where you're going to have to either crew from your car on the road um, or, and I know some people, I don't know if they were just nervous about crewing like outside of the aid station. Um, But really, I mean, some people threw it. This is a wagon one. If you're a little nervous about crewing out a vehicle, like outside the quote unquote aid station right there, um, you're going to be lugging up a hill. Like you're, you're going to be hiking something yourself, like Mm -hmm. make it as convenient as possible. If this is something you're going to do, cause you're going to hike up um, a nice little chunk of hill to get into the aid station um, because that's, it's like on the top of a mountainside. Um, so just note to self, we, I know I did, I didn't care. I just posted up, hunkered down, threw a chair out on the side of the road. Um, and my runner just sat right there before even getting to the aid station, because there's really all you can do unless you're going to lug it up there. And I don't know, again, I don't know if that's like a big no, no, if he's going to get DQ'd from this conversation, but, um, that's just what we did because we were probably 20 yards from that opening aid station. And that's just, my Mason got to me and he was like, he looked like, he looked like, um, like pale. And he just kind of like was staring at me. And what, what is this mileage? 85. So he looked at me and he literally like, like a ghost. And he was like, I, my, I left my soul back on that road down there. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I think that was his exact quote, <laughs> it, like verbatim. And he was, and I was like, Oh, I was like, maybe, yeah, I'm like, you know, how you just look at your runner and you're like, you need to sit down. Like, this isn't a time where we're going to be like, all right, out you go. Bye-bye. Sorry. You know, you don't have time for this. And I don't know how Ryan was feeling at this point, Kyle, because he's 85 and he's top 10 already. So he's busting. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was in bad shape. Like I, we, our conversation, like I was trying to keep him like talking about positive things because he kept drifting toward negative things constantly. mm -hmm. And so, and then we would talk about food a little bit and we were like, I was trying to help him brainstorm like 
what can you eat without throwing up? Like, is there anything that you can eat at all? <laughs> and he, everything I would say, he'd be like, no, no. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to find something that you can put in your stomach, man. Like we got to keep trying. And uh, so we get there. Yeah. It's actually really funny. We get to the aid to Stanley and it was like, um, they were, I was just asking him like, Hey, what about this? What about that? And, and, um, finally he was like, I'll, I'll try a grilled cheese. And they were like, what about a hot dog? And he was like, hot dog. And then apparently <laughs> hot dog was really resonating with They got a hot dog. And I was like, yes. Ding, like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And then they were like, do you want to pet, do you want to pet a puppy in pajamas? And I'm like a puppy in pajamas. Like what is, what like, kind are you messing with that? me right now? Yeah. And, and I'm like, Ryan, do you want to pet a puppy in pajamas? And he's like, yes. We give me a puppy. So they got this, the, the sweetest dog that they had. And just like came out the back of their car in pajamas oh. and like came up and started like a therapy like, dog. He was like, Oh <laughs> puppy, like you're so nice. And like, that was what oh. did it for him. Like a hot dog and an actual dog, like was what he needed. And he was ready to go. Oh, it was Okay. Great. But Kyle, didn't I hear a story where like you literally had to have like a come to Jesus with Ryan and you were like, do you need a beer? You need to buck up and let's get going. Like you full <laughs> yeah. on had like, uh, like get up, let's go. Like yeah. you had I a never, hard conversation with him. I didn't have to. I was nervous that I would have to because I'm not. I, that's not really my personality, anyways. And mm-hmm. I, 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 me and Ryan have never been like actually confrontational with each other. Like I'll give him a hard time, and I would, I would tell him like, "Hey, man, you got to get up and go." But we've never like I was afraid that if he was like in a grumpy mood, he's such a nice guy. I've never seen him like get actually mad. So I was like trying to walk the line of like, okay, if I push him, like, and he just kept saying to me, like, look, man, I got we're just, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like, uh, you know, I'm 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 not trying to do any time goal. Like, we'll just it's whatever, man. I don't even care anymore. We're just I'm gonna walk right here. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like, we'll just we're just hanging, man. Like, there's no pressure or whatever. And then he got mm-hmm. to the the one uh flat creek aid station like last five miles he finally started perking up a little bit and like i could tell that he was like coming back to life because he knew the finish line was coming and at the aid station they're like you want a beer and i was like bro drink a beer and he, he's like a beer drinker like he's the kind of guy that will drink like oh, too much every right. night of the week yeah and uh <laughs> so he was like yeah give me a beer and so it was like a special moment where when he got the beer that it was like you're you're going to finish now because he was he kept saying like if i finish if I, like if I, and i'm like no dude we're gonna finish mm-hmm. man like he's like yeah okay like i don't know and i'm like no nah, man like sure. we, we, we're gonna do this like we got this you know it so turned was, into like a mental game yeah for sure so we were walking that line we like we were there like he was there mentally for a long time he was not even wanting to say like i'm definitely gonna finish like he didn't he was scared to say that, but then we got Couldn't there and he's there. like, I'm drinking a beer because I'm about to finish right now. So it was finally <laughs> like happy. And then it started raining right after that. So oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, so that's another thing. Like be mindful of the weather um and how your runner handles the weather. Um, mm-hmm. cause I forgot to send Brian's rain jacket with him Uh, out of Stanley Gap, and he gets cold really, really quickly. uh Um, So he left the aid station, and um, it was fine when it first started raining because it was like that nice, light, (laughs) perfect rain and hot weather, and you're like, oh, this is what I need to cool me down. Um, And then, I don't know, I think he said he had like, 
was it five miles left in the race when it started like torrential downpouring, like hurricane style rain coming down? And he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Literally, yeah, like, it like opened up. He's like, I have to get out of here. So I think his last three miles, he ended up running like at a seven minute pace because he was going to go hypothermic if he didn't get into the uh, finish line. So um, just <laughs> don't fail as a crew. Go through your checklist of stuff that yeah. you like have with you and what you might need to send with your runner because they yeah, did say a chance of rain. Yeah, <laughs> especially later on in the race. <laughs> That's the time when the runner's tired and they're going to forget things. Yeah. And that's where like trying to be preemptive with different things like that. Like, hey, do you need this? Like, hey, do you want this? Is this helpful? It's kind of mm-hmm. it feels annoying a little bit. But it's almost like being a waiter. You know, you're always wanting to present the food options and everything and like whatever you need. I'm yes. like, here for you. And like, let me just put it like, here's our specials for the day, like rain jacket. And, and uh, yeah. Um, but I freaking love it. Yeah. But but they will. Yeah. But, yeah and I, I'll tell you, like, I. I most certainly know exactly what you're saying because the rain felt cool and nice. And we finished luckily, like right as it was starting to torrential downpour, uh, he just like barely missed it. But that like sprinkle was like really enjoyable, Mm -hmm. but I was on the verge of already like, you know, starting to get cold. And especially when your, your body's so tired, like I've been shivering when it's not even cold out during races because Mm -hmm. your body just can't regulate your temperature anymore. And, And so like the smallest little bit of cool, like like rain will absolutely just like completely push you into hyperthermia really fast. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, if you can throw even like Mason always carries this little Houdini jacket that goes up into like this little tiny ball. And he actually, thank goodness had that because I mean, he's a sweater. So if he, if he wore a rain jacket, it it would just, he would just be a big ball of mess. So this nice little like Houdini jacket that just kind of kept the elements off him um, was a huge thing. And I kind of, I kind of was in the same boat, Liz, where I was kind of like, Oh, he left and you know, sprinkle, sprinkle, fine. And then we were sitting there and all of a sudden it was like dumping, like it unleashed. And you're just kind of like, <laughs> as a crew member sitting there, you're like, you always think about your runner and these things. And you're like, Oh God, you know, they still have, they still have six miles to go, you know? And I know a lot of runners were in that dirt or like the mud and it was getting muddy and people were having to like kind of scale some of these climbing wall, like hills that they were on because they just had no traction because it literally was like, mm-hmm a typhoon like all of a sudden it was just like oh hey it's raining it's sprinkling and then it was like boom like uh just yeah. here it comes and so yeah. you kind of felt bad because it was go ahead the, yeah the, the pointless <laughs> out and back we were talking to a guy and it's like a it, the whole thing is like two miles and like almost two thousand feet of climbing so you're just going straight down for two miles and then you're coming up for two miles, uh, just straight up. Mm-hmm. He said he, this guy he passed didn't have poles and like poles were like a source of like traction. And so this guy didn't have poles. So he was down on all fours. Like you're saying crawling up at mile 95, crawling up this hill on all four. Like, I just can't like even imagine what that would be like to be a runner in the torrential downpour on all fours, crawling up. A- <laughs> like, no way. Just, no way. Yeah. How frustrating. Oh, <sighs> Man. Yeah, just exhausted. I know I felt bad. 
I, I mean, there's not much you can do. And, you know, all our runners have experienced this already. I mean, our, our runners have ran mm-hmm. multiple events with all the elements. So, um, to just kind of like bring this all to fruition, I mean, you're starting and finishing at the same spot. So you kind of know mm-hmm. what you're getting into for that finish line. Um, they, you know, you cross that finish line, they get their belt buckles right away. I mean, there's no ceremony. There's nothing like glorious about it. And the best part is, is like you cross this finish line and she's like, here's your belt buckle. what do you think about, you know, A, B and C. And you just listen to some of these runners and they're like, what part of hell are you from? I heard once <laughs> one person ask her that and she was dying laughing. And he was like, she was like, you didn't like that section. He was like, like a ghost, like just stared at her like, no you know and then you know another runner would come in and she'd hand the belt over and these people can barely stand you know they're so exhausted they've just ran 104 miles and they're just like thanks for the belt buckle this is this is it and then you just go sit down which i always thought was very comical it's kind of like you're right where they finish between two cones like two orange cones is all they get and you're like high five see you later (laughs) um so i mean in overall kind of statement i think this is a very crew friendly event Mm -hmm. um you know and pacer friendly if if that's something you want to jump into if you know if you know the course i mean kyle kind of had an advantage over um the majority of people if you're not from the east coast this is something that's going to kind of turn your head and be like oh geez this is intense um -hmm. but if it's something like you know you're from florida you're from tennessee anywhere around that where that's just the norm i think it's a great um maybe thing to try out with your runner and give them that little step. And maybe they do need that last 30 miles, someone running with them and essentially holding their hand because people like Ryan probably who knows where he would have been if he didn't have Kyle, because he just needed a little, like, come on, buddy, you can do it. Like a little carrot or something, just leading him to horse to the barn kind of thing. So, um, I think that's kind of, uh, we stayed again. I dropped, I dropped just to, it was pouring rain, pouring rain when we finished. And, you know, there was no towels. There's showers there. So just keep that in mind. Bring a towel. If you're staying in a hotel, just take a towel or a hand towel or something um, and have be ready in that for that situation because there were a lot of runners who came in and they were freezing. I mean, they, they had those blankets, the heater blankets mm-hmm. or, um, you know, what they always, the space blankets mm-hmm. that they always give those marathon runners. But aside from that, there was nothing to dry off with. And that's no, that's no fault to this event. Um, we came prepared. We had towels. You guys had towels. You guys were, Mm -hmm. you know, prepared, but I think that's something to think about is like bring towels, regardless if it's a hot day or raining or whatever, just have that in hand because there were some people in there that I felt so bad for. Like I had to help one guy. I had to text his (laughs) wife. Um, I had to take a picture of him and he's like, just tell her I made it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like in a little, and she's, he's like, he literally said like, she's usually here crewing with me. He luckily he only did the 50 miler, but it was now like eight thirty nine o'clock. And he's like, I have to drive to Atlanta for a 6am flight. And I was like, Oh honey, you're not going to make it. Like you're uh, who knows what you're going to do right now. Just hunker down right here uh, in one of these cots and revive yourself so i think he had a newfound appreciation for his wife who was always there crewing him because he needed someone and we just kind of stepped in and helped everybody out but um 
I think that's, I mean, unless you guys have anything else to say, I think that's kind of what we. I will say that um, crew members are freaking amazing because in the fact that it was downpouring and like crazy out, I parked at a slight incline in the grass and I went to go get our vehicle to pick Brian up and it had saturated the ground so much that I could not get out. And so I had to recruit like five super strong human beings and they literally pushed me out. In the pouring rain. In the pouring rain. And so I was like, crewers are amazing. Like the most amazing human beings in the entire world, like willing to help anybody. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So needless to say, we were not able to stop for dinner (laughs) on the way home because of being stuck and then the pouring rain. And I was like, we just need to get back to the hotel. So that was the only bad part about staying 45 minutes away was like when it was pouring rain. And I was like, I just want to get there. I just want to get a hot shower and get into bed, which I feel like is the story of every, the end story of every race. Yes. Um, But, you know, just for, also just a heads up when you when you leave this um race you're in blue ridge so there is food to grab there's wendy's there's checkers there's taco bell there's any fast food chain that you can imagine and your runner your your runner is going to probably want something depending on what Mm -hmm. time you finish because we were all done by like eight o'clock and out of there by 8 30. kyle was in his own world unofficially volunteering (laughs) until (laughs) um I don't know. I saw him oh, there no. the next morning. Where'd she go? <laughs> uh oh. Uh, All right. You're good. Bye. You're good now. You're yeah. good back. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the reality of internet. Um. Yeah. So I think unless you guys have anything else to say, I think I, that's kind I've, of the gist of cruel. Oh, go one ahead. One of the Kyle. things that I feel like I've learned more and more every race as the runner with my wife crewing me, but then also now crewing too, is like, it's really easy to hyper fixate on what I will need for the race itself. And then you forget about like, like you were just saying, like after the race, Mm -hmm. um, like during the race, like if you're a crew person who's like selfless and like wanting to make sure your runners, you know, got all their stuff, like make sure you have accommodations for yourself, like to be able to survive because it's hard. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just like remembering those things like towels and like, you know, different things that you're going to need along the way or, you know, afterwards, like having a plan for food. They had, they had food too at the, at the place at the, um, yeah, they had like a taco mm-hmm. bar and stuff, which is cool. So that was helpful. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're going to be able to eat, um, one way or another, but yeah, but yeah, I just think that stuff is easy to like, not think about cause you're just like it's up in the air whether you're going to finish the thing or not but you know if you plan on that like have some comfortable clothes like to change into that are dry because that Mm -hmm. might be a very real reality you know jackets and towels and all Mm -hmm. like i always seem to forget like not running shoes to put on my feet like sandals or something sandals (laughs) or like something and it's like gosh man what a terrible thing my wife actually got me some crocs so I'm in that, oh, which I've worn like once or twice because I don't wear Crocs. I don't know what it's like up north, but that, that's like, a, you know, Crocs in the south are like a thing, you know. 
yeah, they are up here too. Yeah, I think it's just but, across the board. Yeah, or the ofos. Yeah, yeah. Post race, they are absolute gold because your feet can like finally rest. You know. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, Liz. Anything else? Are you good? I think we're I think, good. Yeah, I think we kind of covered everything. Um, yeah. So again. Thank you both for your two cents and giving refreshing my memory. And I'm sorry that it took so long to powwow <laughs> with each other on this, but um, I think that's some good insight for some people that are thinking about this race in the future. Um, and, you know, we'll just kind of leave it there and call it good. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the first episode of the aftermath. As we bring this conversation to a close, I just wanted to take a minute and tell you about the 12th annual Goosebumps 6 and 24-hour run walk September 22nd and 23rd in Stoddard, Wisconsin. Liz is a co-race director and works very hard at putting on this event. This run walk is an exciting, fun, and unique fundraiser put on every year by the local Lupus Alliance. The organization's purpose is to help grow awareness and to assist local patients and families affected by this disease. You can walk or run as little or as much as you like in the six or 24 hour time frame. So come have some fun and help stomp out lupus.